Hello, this is Roma by Japan. I'm your host, Kutsuo. In this show, we'll be discussing various aspects of Japanese culture and tourist destinations from a Japanese perspective. Today's topic is、uh, natural disasters in Japan. On January 1st of this year, a magnitude 7 earthquake struck the Noto Peninsula in Hokuriku re- region. Apart from earthquakes, Japan experiences disasters like typhoons and heavy snowfall almost every year. Today, we'll be discussing various disasters that occur in Japan. Firstly, heavy rainfall. Especially in Western Japan, heavy rainfall disasters occur frequently during the rainy season. This is due to the development of, the, of a Pacific high pressure system to the south of the rainy season front, which allows warm, moist air to flow in from the southeast. In recent years, there have been instances of successive thunderclouds forming in the same area, leading to pro- prolonged. Heavy rainfall. In such situations, the rainfall recorded over a few days can exceed the annual rainfall, leading to floods and landslides. Secondly, typhoons. Typhoons not only bring heavy rainfall, but also strong winds. Which used to cause significant disasters in the past. However, with ad- advancements in weather forecasting, the occurrence of large scale casualties has significantly reduced. Nevertheless, powerful typhoons can still cause unexpected damage, as seen with Typhoon 19. In 2019, which caused widespread power outage due to flying seawater hitting power lines along the Pacific coast of Japan. While typhoons can occur throughout the year, Japan typhoons se- Japan's typhoon season typically spans from late summer to autumn. This is because the Pacific high pressure system to the south of Japan blocks the path of typhoons during spring and summer, preventing them from approaching the Japanese archipelago. As autumn arrives and the Pacific high pressure weakens, typhoons tend to follow its edge. Passing through the Okinawa Islands. However, due to the resi- resilience of in- infrastructures and housing, housing in Okinawa Prefecture, significant damage is rare. Thirdly, heavy snowfall. Due to Japan's geographical features, heavy, snow- heavy ra- snowfall regions are Concentrated along the Sea of Japan coast. This is because cold, 
cold north winds from Siberia pick up moisture as they pass over the Sea of Japan, resulting in snowfall when they reach, in, reach the Japanese archipelago. While heavy snowfall does not occur every year in northern regions like Hokkaido and Tohoku, the development, the development of bomb cyclones, low pressure systems that intensify rapidly like typhoons, can lead to widespread snowfall and blizzard disasters regardless of locations. Lastly, earthquakes. Since the Great Hanshin earthquakes in 1995, Major earthquakes have occurred throughout Japan. From the Hokkaido Iburi-Tobu earthquake to the Kumamoto earthquake in Kyushu. The Great East Japan earthquake in 2011 claimed the lives of over 22,000 people. While earthquakes caused direct damage such as building collapses, Japan's geographical features also result in secondary disasters. The most prominent of these is tsunamis. During the Great East Japan earthquake, the largest tsunami reached heights of up to 40 meters. The terrifying sight of the tsunami engulfing Sendai Airport which is over a kilometer away from the coast, is still vivid in memory. Fires also poses significant risk, as wit witnessed during the recent Noto Peninsula earthquake, which uh, where, most, where much of the city of Wajima, a most tourist destination, was destroyed by fire. Additionally, living at the foot of mountains in Japan poses a risk of landslides. The sight of houses being swallowed by landslides during the Noto Peninsula earthquake, as seen in short videos on YouTube, left a lasting impression. While I've discussed the past earthquakes, let's touch upon the possibility of the future earthquakes. According to the Japan Meteorological Agency, a major, earth major earthquake is expected to occur in Nangai Trough stretching from Kyushu to Shizuoka Prefecture on the Pacific side of Japan. This Nangai Trough earthquake is estimated, estimated to have a pr probability of over 70% of occurring within the next 30 years, with the potential to match the Great East Japan earthquake in scale. Given that past earthquakes in the Nankai Trough have triggered eruption of Mount Fuji, there is concern that the next Nankai Trough earthquake could serve as a trigger for a Mount Fuji eruption.
Lastly, I'll share my my personal experience of disasters that I experienced in Sapporo, Hokkaido in September 2018. On September 5th, 2018, I was planning to move to my parents' house. I stayed overnight at their house on the September 4th to borrow my father's car. Around 3 a.m. the next morning, I was awakened by the sound of strong winds. At that time, Typhoon 21, which had caused damage across Japan, was passing near Sapporo without losing its strength. The intense winds caused the house to shake violent, violently, making it impossible to sleep. I began watching television, but soon after, a power outage occurred. The cause was damage to power lines and other facilities due to the strong winds of the typhoon. The power outage persisted into the next morning. As I had planned to my, my father's car for the move, the electric shutter of the garage could not be opened due to the power outage. Additionally, JR trains were suspended too, so I had to cycle back 25 kilometers to complete the move. After finishing the move and returning to my parents' house by bicycle, the power outage finally ended shortly thereafter. The ordeal did not end there. While sleeping after bathing and eating, a magnitude 5 earthquake struck the Hokkaido Ibori region at 3 a.m. the next day. Since my parents' house was only about 50 kilometers away from the epicenter, the shaking was quite intense. Although the earthquake was reported as Shindo scale 5, it felt stronger due to the wooden structure of the house. As my parents and I gathered in the living room after the shaking subsided, a black a blackout occurred throughout Hokkaido. This blackout persisted in my area for three days until the evening of the third day. During this blackout, I drove several times to handle post-move tasks and pick up my sister returning from Tokyo. Driving on roads without any traffic lights illuminated was a valuable, ex valuable experience. What I learned from this disaster is the importance of being prepared for emergency. Moreover, despite the inconvenience of living with that electric city for a total of four days, I found that one could adapt to such circumstances without feeling too inconvenienced. Thank you for listening until the end. 
The English and Japanese transcript of this episode are available on this on the Rama Bar Japan website. If you have any feedback or requests, please email us at ramabarjapan at gmail.com. See you in the next episode. Bye.